Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. And I'm Wajah Ali. And Waj, this is actually our first show back together uh, in the new year. So let me not be uh, remiss by saying Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year. Are you healing? Uh, are you okay? You, <laughs> you look know, great. Are, are all of us? Should we all be healing? Should are we you okay-ish? Okay I'm okay-ish. Um, I'll go with the theme of our show. Um and, you know, 2024 has gotten off to a rousing start. Uh, Iowa caucuses uh, just took place. And uh, as a surprise to literally no one with eyes or ears or brain cells, Donald Trump was head and shoulders um, ahead of the field at 51% uh, of the vote. Uh, DeSantis came in second, Nikki Haley right on his heels at third. Um, and now they've moved on to New Hampshire. But I think that what is interesting is what you brought to my attention, Waj. So I want you to bring it to uh, the people. But it seems it's not never too early to hedge your bets on who is going to be in control of America, who's going to give you the biggest tax cuts mm. and your shareholders the biggest returns. And, you know, unfortunately, I don't know where one can bank these days because everybody, everybody, everybody's CEO uh, is trash. But tell us what uh, what happened over in uh, J.P. Morgan uh, Chase land with their uh, with their CEO uh, in America. Never sleep on whiteness and wealth. And these billionaires, oh, these lovely billionaires, just uh, doing a great job uh, of PR, uh, promoting their, their billionaire class recently. I mean, just Bill Ackman going ham on Twitter and losing his mind and his quest to destroy any dissent against Israel, went against Claudine Gay, got her to resign from Harvard. And oh, look what happened. He accused her of plagiarism. And guess who also? is allegedly a plagiarist, his wife. And then he has lost his shit for the past two weeks. And then there's another billionaire, Jamie Dimon of JP Morgan, who's at Davos, where, you know, the lovely billionaires, you know, get together and talk about how to spend their wealth to uplift humanity and, you know, regulate corrupt industries and fix the climate. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was yeah. high on the weed that I don't smoke. Here yeah. is a quote. 
and we're going to talk about everything. We're talking about Iowa because it's all connected. This is what Jamie Dimon said today. Quote, I don't like how Trump said things, but he wasn't wrong about those critical issues. Specifically, he's talking about China, immigration, and the economy. Continuing the quote, that's why they're voting for him. People should be more respectful of our fellow citizens. I think this negative talk about MAGA will hurt Biden's campaign. Danielle. I just, you know, you you sent this to me because I don't spend a lot of time on X. So God bless you um, for continuing to spend your time on broke down, uh, broke down Twitter. But when I listened to it, I played it twice because it's the audacity for me, Waj. Like it is the audacity of this very wealthy, very privileged white man to sit up on this very wealthy, very privileged network to say to the rest of us whom, by the way, Trump's policies, Trump's fascist policies on immigration, on blocking Muslims from entering the country, on not letting in black people from those shithole countries, on, you know, passing, uh, uh, on, on let alone having the three Supreme Court justices mm. that he p- appointed to the bench overturn Roe v. Wade. None of these are going to affect Jamie Dimon. They're not going to affect this wealthy, white, privileged man. So when he says, oh, I don't like how Trump said things, Trump didn't just say things. He was president of the United States for four years. And during that time, he gave billionaires like Jamie Dimon huge tax cuts. He uh, told did, the- Did it help the economy, those tax cuts, Danielle? Oh, I-, I I mean, it. no, I, I, I don't believe it did. I, nope. I, I, I don't believe that it helped the economy. I believe that during that time he put children in cages and then mm. sent just Department of Justice attorneys to go sit in front of a three panel judge circuit to tell them what? Oh, that they don't need to provide soap and mm. toothbrush, toothpaste and toothbrushes. I guess that sits well with Jamie Dimon. Um, then he put children in cages where parents had to use Sharpies to write their names and their phone numbers on their arms. And by the way, those children, still not all of them reunited with their families, mm. right? So he told us that there were good people on both sides as white men marched down a street in Charlottesville, killing uh, a an activist uh, by by running over her and saying Jews will not replace us. Those were the not so nice things that Jamie Dimon, you know. Oh, I didn't agree with, but he was right about some things. So when he was <laughs> right about immigration, was it calling Mexicans rapists and murderers? Was it saying that they should be shot before they cross the border? I'm just I'm confused. And so when I listen to these people and not a fucking reporter on that platform cnbc said not on cnbc said uh jamie uh hold hold up one second let me let me just run some tape i got a producer in my ear real quick let (laughs) me just run some tape of recent statements that donald trump made are you okay with this you know and 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 the funny thing is is even on the three issues trump was a failure so on immigration, this dumbass wanted uh, to build a wall, promised his uh, cult-like followers that Mexico would pay for it. Mexico didn't pay for shit. The wall was never built. And then he also, I don't know if you remember this, he proposed building a moat filled with alligators and then having Border Patrol shoot migrants in the leg. 
People forget that, right? So he failed in immigration. Uh, on the economy, I'm old enough to remember that those tax cuts made the rich people more rich. Mm. Nothing trickled down uh, mm -hmm. except pain and suffering. And now our next generation has to pay off that debt. And also he lied about the devastating effects of COVID, even though he knew it was devastating, but he wanted to open it all up. Remember that? He wanted to open it up in the spring just before the election to help him. But the economy tanked because of him. And last time I checked, China is not in any way deterred. Why should they be? Because they know it's a pay-for-play presidency. If you just go to his stupid, crappy hotels, if you give his kids some endorsement deals, hey, he'll be your poodle. He was Trump's poodle. He's Saudi Arabia's poodle. So last time I checked, China uh, didn't in any way, shape, or form feel threatened by him. In fact, didn't China give patents to Ivanka Trump, yep. his uh, his daughter, who for some strange reason was in the White House guiding policy with Jared, even though they didn't have security clearance. So in even those three aspects, he was a failure, Danielle, right? I, want, I just want to set the facts straight. No one checked him on that, right? You could just check him on that. Well, what did he do on immigration in China and the economy except be a failure? But the thing that really pisses me off is that they sh they are showing who they are. And yep. what they're showing is we're fine with the dictator a tyrant, a man who incited mm -hmm. an insurrection, as long as it helps our bottom line and as long as it helps us and our billionaire class feel comfortable. What they're really saying is, listen, darkies and poor people, stay in your lane, stay mm -hmm. in your place, swallow your anger, stop complaining. The pain and the economic anxiety of the preferred right American from the heartland who drinks real coffee from the Rust Belt takes precedence forever over your actual pain and suffering and marginalizations. Think about the feelings of the people who are calling you vermin and accusing you of replacing the mm -hmm. real Americans and want a Muslim ban and are taking away the rights of women and call Mexicans rapists. Won't you think about their feelings? You're making them uncomfortable. And that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with white supremacy and wealth and the sad part is, is all the folks who think that Jamie Dimon and Donald Trump speak for them because Jamie Dimon and Donald Trump are rich white men. They are privileged. They have been given golden spoons in their mouth. They're protected with wealth, with whiteness, uh, with celebrity. Nothing will ever happen to them. These poor white folks think that these people actually care about them. That's like that's one of those things where you sit there and you drink your tea and you lift up your pinky and you go, oh, poor MAGA. I feel for you. Oh, this is such an easy con to spot. And they just keep conning you because they keep playing into your white rage and your economic anxiety. It's part of the Southern strategy. And what we're seeing with Jamie Dimon doing is he, he's, he's saying, okay, Trump might win. So if Trump mm -hmm. might win, Mm -hmm. I got to look out for my bottom line and my billionaire class of dollar line. Let me let me throw him a, a, a life raft. And you know what? The country might go to hell, but at least we'll be OK. And I want to remind people. The billionaire class, those who are wealthy, the people of industry, those who are educated, they thought the same thing during Nazi Germany. Hey, mm -hmm. it's just business. Hey, yep. the road's got to get paved. Hey, yep. money's got to be made. I'm going to yep. be neutral. I'll be okay. I'm not going to ruffle the feathers. And if I'm okay, they won't come after me until they did. You know what I find like about this rundown too, is that Jamie Dimon sat up there with these other white, wealthy, privileged people on CNBC. And 
on the day after Donald Trump is in court to figure out how much money he's going to have to pay for the woman that he raped, right? Like, because he continues to defame her. Sexual and assault then, and defamation. And defamation, where he was already, he was found guilty of both of those things. Found liable, the, by, found liable, found liable in civil court. In civil court, paid out, was told to pay, what, $5 million. $5 million. Then turned around, went right on CNN, and continued on with the same line of lying and defaming her character. So, and, and, and breaking news, Daniel, a, a, a judge, the judge in the case in New York, threatened to throw Donald Trump out of his defamation trial after he made comments the jury could hear. And Donald Trump said, I would love it. New York Times, uh, just an hour ago, breaking news. And I said, you know, here's the thing that I say to these judges, please stop with your bullshit empty threats. Like, this motherfucker should be in jail. And you all know good goddamn well that he should be in jail for the threats that he has made, for the things that he has said, for the things, the danger that he has caused and the danger that he's put people in, right? He should be in jail, but he's not. So stop with the empty threats as if you don't know what the fuck Donald Trump is doing when he's speaking out loud in a courtroom in front of a jury. And then you're going to turn around and tell the jury, dismiss it. So then his attorneys can turn back around and say, well, they, you know, the jury was discriminating against him and we need to appeal this. And then it goes on and on and on and on and on. Can we do a compare and contrast? Last week, did you see that amazing video uh, of the black man who did this high jump uh, and like WWF attacked the judge, like literally just leapt over and attacked oh, the yeah. judge? And then did you see what happened when he appeared in court two days later, yeah. <laughs> like Hannibal Lecter? Right. Yeah. And meanwhile, Donald Trump is literally sticking his mob against this judge and against people in that courtroom. They literally have threats against their lives. He's openly openly agitating violence against these folks. He's openly agitating the court, you know, holding himself in contempt. And what happens now? Now, Donald, now, now. But that other dude who I have to give him props, that jump was amazing. Like he should be in the Olympics. Thankfully, the judge wasn't hurt. If you haven't seen that video, see that video. It's wild. But look, look what happened. Like they literally brought him out like Hannibal Lecter. They put a mask on him. He was but muzzled that's what, up, that's muffled. What you, but that's what you do to quote unquote dangerous black people, right? But Donald Trump's threat and danger isn't just to the one judge That's that right. is sitting before him. It's to every election worker. It's to every official that comes out against him. It's to the clerks. It's to the stenographers. It's to everybody that is in Donald Trump's sphere. Right. And so all we do is wait, is sit around and wait for somebody to get killed. You had, you know, we 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 saw what did what did they do after uh, former Speaker Pelosi's husband is uh, is is bashed in the head with a hammer and it's taken months mm. to recover. They made jokes. Why did that man break into the house? Because he was looking for Nancy Pelosi, who Donald Trump told him, right, was the bane of his existence and to go and get. So I'm just, you know, I, I look at this and the audacity of this man Jamie Dimon to say what he said mm. and then to have not one goddamn supposed reporter on that platform say, you know what, actually, let us pause for a minute because mm. didn't Donald Trump just refer mm. to his political opponents as vermin? Didn't Donald Trump just say that he was going to be a dictator on day one? How does that sit with you? Didn't Donald Trump just wasn't he just found guilty of sexual assault and defamation? Right. Like, how does that sit with you? Ask these people the follow up goddamn questions. 
From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. But they're all complicit, and they're all complicit in what I call this uh, this cultural cruelty for the sake of profit and power, right? And, you know, we're talking about whiteness, and we've talked about it on this show, for people who aren't adept with how whiteness works. It doesn't just affect white people. It also affects people of color who become enforcers of white supremacy for the sake of power. And, and just to let you know, this, this, this virus uh, of Trumpism, which is white supremacy and power, how it infects people... And, you know, taking it to Iowa, I have to bring this up. My fellow Browns, Vivek. Oh, Vivek. And Nikki. Oh, Nikki. So our favorite Vivek, Ramaswamy, has dropped out, Daniel. Mm -hmm. And he placed fourth. And the day before he dropped out, Trump took to the microphone and mocked and ridiculed Vivek, who has been kissing Trump's ass for the past year. Mm -hmm. Ridiculed him, mocked him, humiliated him, right? After Vivek dropped out, I don't know if you saw Babylon B did this exquisitely racist image of Vivek working at 7-Eleven, right? So that same Vivek, who was mocked and ridiculed by Trump, who has exposed himself to ha-ha-ha racist commentary by the conservative base that he so covets. Guess what he was doing? Guess what he was doing after Iowa? Kissing Trump's ass. Kissing Trump's ass and campaigning with him ahead of New Hampshire. And not only that, Vivek Ramaswamy in the past year, a son of immigrants, Harvard-educated, brown-skinned man, still Hindu, hasn't converted, hasn't changed his name, like Nikki, has gone into the anti-Semitic racist replacement theory, has talked about January 6th being an inside job, has doubled down on the cruelty, and he realizes, you know what? I'll be a masochist. I'll let this guy piss on me because it'll get me close to power. Now, is that worse or is Nikki Haley worse, who this week said in an interview, oh, America has never been, never been a racist. racist country in an interview with Dana Bash from CNN. 
Your thoughts on this, Danielle? Then why, Nimrata? Why? Why would you change your name? I'm just confused, right? Like, why, you know, why you? Why Ted Cruz? Why assume these white evangelical names, right? Like, if if America was never a racist country, talk to me about the African American Museum, which I'm sure you've never gone to, and the bottom floors, which are the insides of slave ships. Mm. Talk to me about the signs, the flags that the NAACP used to hang out of windows that said that a man was lynched today, because that used to happen on a regular basis and still does. They just wear blue uniforms and we call them police officers, right? And we say that they feared for their lives. You know, talk to me about the fact that Study after study after study showed that if you had remotely an ethnic name like she does, um, that your resume would go to the bottom of the pile or you wouldn't be looked at for your college entry exam, which is why we had affirmative action until the three uh, Trump appointed justices aligned with the others and wiped that away too. Because any bit of progress that has been made that afforded her family both of their families, the ability to build a fucking life here, now they spit on and want to have spit on us and tell us that it's raining, right? Give me a break with this country has never been racist. Donald Trump called you Pocahontas. Mm. Is that a fun nickname for you? And you know what he also said, Danielle? And I always like to bring up this quote, according to the book written by reporters, uh, Peter Baker of New York Times and Susan Glasser uh, of New Yorker, when Nikki Haley was offered up as a potential VP candidate. This is what Donald oh, Trump said. Oh, yes, go, please tell the she people. She has a, quote, complexion problem, mm-hmm. which is why he did not choose her. I think she has pretty good skin. What, right. what no would acne. that complexion problem be, mm-hmm. Danielle? Hmm. I don't know. Not rosacea. Uh, yeah, not rosacea. I don't know. Uh, not no, uh, there's no whitewash there. Um, hmm, I think maybe it might be some brown melanin, the complexion problem. And oh, Nikki, how did your father actually get to South Carolina from Canada? Oh, I remember, thanks to the 1965 Immigration Nationality Act, which removed the racist quotas that were put in place for four decades, your father, like my father from Asia, were able to come. And then your dad finally got a job at a historically black college, which is where he was an educator. Why were there historically black colleges? Oh, yes, because black people were barred from doing anything, from getting into colleges, right? So your father made his stamp in America by teaching at a historically black college that allowed you to grow up in South Carolina, where you once have said that you saw your father get discriminated against because of your brown skin. But now you say, because you are running, as a Republican, as the quote-unquote moderate, Danielle, she's the moderate, that it's not a racist country. And this is the same Nikki Haley, and this is a blast from 2023, I have to bring it back up, who said that slavery was not what caused the Civil War. It was, what was it, uh, economic economic yeah. disputes? Yeah, and I'm sorry, uh, what were enslaved people used as chattel and products for? Oh, was it yeah, to yeah. boost what? What do we call that again? Oh, the economy. Yeah, yeah. Let's, 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 let's move away from that point. But even how she throws women under the bus, I want to bring up this quote. Dana Bash asks uh, Nikki Haley um, uh, on January 16th, how do you feel about your party's frontrunner, Trump, 
being found liable for sexual abuse. We're talking about the E. Jean Carroll case. Nikki Haley's response. First of all, I haven't paid attention to his cases. All I know, he's innocent until proven guilty. You have investigations on Trump and Biden. Look at what they make you give, Danielle. Look at what they make you give. And in this case, see, they give it know, willingly. Let me, let, me, let me tell you something. I don't see a gun to her head. That's right. Right? She's not holding up a newspaper that shows the date. She ain't anybody's hostage. She is doing this by choice. Right? So when Vivek Ramaswamy, when you were embarrassed, when you were demoralized, right? No one was holding a gun to your head and saying that to go crawling and sniffling to Donald Trump and go link arms with him. Ha ha ha. This is all a big joke. Right? You're the joke. They are the joke. That's right. They, and they're they willing are, to be the punchline. They're willing to be the punchline. They're, they're willing, willing to, to be, be yeah. brown poodles. Mm-hmm. Tokens. And that's, and that's the thing that they want from the rest of us. The reason why they can't stand people of color who stand up for themselves. They can't stand the rabble rousers, right? And the folks that draw attention is because they say, shut up, mm. keep your head down, be subservient, be obedient, and you too will get the billion dollar allowance that Clarence Thomas receives and has been receiving for the last 30 years. You too will get the pat on the head, right? At the golf club after they throw the clubs at you because they think that you're the caddy, mm. right? But you too, you know, can be just like them, right? Assimilationists, right? That feel good that white people like them. Yeah, you will get an invite to the party. You won't be the, the guest uh, guest of honor, but do you want an invite to the party? Do you want to try some of this fancy cheese that you probably can't eat but you're, because you're lactose intolerant, but you will? Do you want a cracker or do you want to be outside the party? And so many uh, of our fellow black and brown people, because they want access, because they want nearness, because they want to be asymptotic to whiteness, they will give up so much, their pride, their dignity, their self-worth, their ancestors, their communities, mm. just to taste, mm. just to taste that bland chicken and that shitty salad uh, and that caviar, just to be like Oliver Twist, like, unlock some more allowance, please. Just give it to me. Thank you so much. And, and the cost of it, right, the cost of it, in addition to shame uh, uh, and dignity and pride, is that they throw all of us under the bus. And the worst part is, the worst part is, they actually delude themselves, Danielle, into thinking that they are loved. They actually delude themselves into thinking that they are respected. And what I've always told these folks is, they'll never love you. They'll never, never love ever, you. ever, ever. No, and I, you know, I think that what this parade, this clown parade that has been the Republican primary has reminded all of us, well, first, is that the Republican Party is, is not, imploding, right? Like for the last several years, we've continued to say, oh, they'll implode and they'll develop a conscience. And, you know, as soon as they have the opportunity to find someone else to replace Trump, they will. You and I have never said that. You and I, did you not and say I have that. never said that, but other people have. Right. And so here, huge primary with all of these folks to choose from. These billionaires could have backed any number of one of them. Right. Walked away from Donald Trump, said, we're done with you, close him out, shut him out. And they didn't mm. because they're never going to because mm. that's their man. As an Iowa caucus goer said, he is a tool of God mm. 
And God uses interesting people in order to get his point across, right? Donald Trump is just an interesting tool. That's what they believe. And so it's like, let's all wake up from the slumber in believing that any one of these cases was, is going to take Donald Trump out, in believing that any one of those lackluster Trump wannabes was going to take him out when they refused refuse to even take him to task on a debate stage that mm. he refused to show up on and see what we're up against. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. You know, l- let me put a pin on this before we go to our, our final topic. And just for those folks who think that these are MAGA extremists who are in the minority of the Republican Party, let me tell you uh, a, a stat that should just alarm you. A majority of Republican primary voters in a CBS News polling. 81%, Daniel, I'm going to repeat that, Eight, 81% said that they agreed with President Trump's statement that immigrants are, quote, poisoning the blood of our country. 81%. And guess how many voters in the nation thought the same thing and agreed with them? How many? 47%. This is America, Daniel. Mm-hmm. This is America. It's not just conservatives and Republicans. It is a culture of cruelty that dominates. And on this program, I hope people appreciate the fact that we try to be fair. Uh, we're equal opportunity offenders. And that means we take our sights on Democrats as well. And I get a lot of heat every time I criticize Biden, like all these pro-Biden people come out and say, how dare you criticize him? He's an elected official. He's a man. He's not my God. He's not my king. Our job is to hold them accountable. And, mm-hmm. and this culture of cruelty unfortunately, also infects the Biden administration. And I believe one of his weaknesses and what you know will be seen as one of the really weak spots of his presidency has been his administration's policy towards Israel and Palestinians. And you know, speaking about the culture of cruelty, it's been more than 100 days. Uh, the Israel-Gaza war is ongoing. 1,200 uh, Israelis were killed by Hamas. They're still hostages. But in the meantime, the Netanyahu government has just done an onslaught of brutality against Palestinians, 25,000 mm-hmm. dead, nearly 10,000 kids 
killed. Uh, hospitals have been attacked, refugee camps. I mm-hmm. think the number of journalists killed is 117, Danielle? Yep, and counting. Uh, uh, doctors, uh, UN workers. And, you know, uh, Biden did a statement. The White House released a statement about the 100 days, you know. Uh, and in that, 100, in that statement, and I'm glad he did that statement about you know, the attacks and the hostages, guess how many mentions of Palestinians or the word Palestine appeared in that official White House statement, Danielle? Not a fucking one. Zero. Zero. Have you ever seen that on the flip side? Nope. And so I ask you, Danielle, and you know, people might say, oh, watch. And this is the, the, the flattening and the bigotry and the casual bigotry and the essentializing when people think, oh, you're Arab and Muslim, so you're immediately biased. So I'll ask you, as a black woman who is not mm-hmm. Arab or Muslim or Palestinian, are you, like me, disturbed and offended by what I perceive to be the utter lack of empathy towards Palestinians from this administration? Am I off on this? It is um, what I have said on a number of occasions on this show and other shows is that it is indefensible what this administration has done, what they continue to support, what they continue to ignore. Um, I can't fathom why even bother releasing a statement if basically what you said in that statement is that some people's lives matter and others don't. How dare you then turn around and create a campaign about, quote, saving democracy? You don't know what democracy is because democracy does not look like Israel and Palestine at all. It doesn't look like one group of people having all of the rights and the ability to turn on and off water, on and off electricity, on and off the ability to receive food and aid. That's not what democracy looks like. You don't need to be a scholar. You don't need to be a politician. And you shouldn't need to be Palestinian or Muslim in order to understand humanity and right from wrong. And so what I think is going to be really difficult for us who believe in democracy, actual democracy, a multiracial democracy, is how we, Waj, tell our listeners to vote, to go against, you know, what they feel in their heart and to vote to stop fascism while upholding fascism. I don't know, because this is the thing that is keeping me up at night. This is the thing that continues to flatten my soul each and every single day since this war there started. I said, you can hold up a picture of one man, Putin, and say that he is an enemy of the people of the world. Look what he has done. And I just don't understand. I don't understand how... You look at what Netanyahu and his government is doing and say nothing. And not only not say anything, bypass Congress, not once, but twice to continue to deliver weapons, that you are now bombing another country so that they can receive those weapons and then redesignate because you, the United States, whose track record globally is pretty fucking shit. When you look at the instability that we have caused, redesignate a group as terrorists because you can do that. 
Because who gets to do that? Who's in power? So I just, I, I think that we, we are in trouble. We're in trouble. And, and just to bring it full circle about whose pain matters, whose voice matters, whose suffering matters, and whose doesn't. If you look at all the award shows, right? It's Golden Globe season, Emmys, Oscars are coming up. And, and you talked about Ukraine. Remember last year, people were like, oh, help Ukrainians, you know, you know free Ukraine. Ukraine is being invaded. It's being occupied. You know, we have to support Ukraine. Not a single mention nope. of ceasefire. Not a single mention of Palestinians. And the dehumanization of black and brown people continues both here and abroad. But I'm hopeful, Daniel, uh, looking at the polls, maybe young people have figured this out. You know, maybe young people are like, we're done. We're tired. We don't care what happens to our career. We're going to go on TikTok. And I'm sitting there sometimes thinking, hey, do you really want to post that on TikTok? And the young people are like, they go ham. They don't care. Uh, and so it's one of those situations where it's, it's a, you know, we're going to 2024. People feel dejected. People feel like, you know, promises haven't been kept. But at the same time, we're going up against a unique authoritarian threat in Trump. And we have to build these coalitions and we have to keep fighting even when it is exhausting and draining. But we will do our best here on Democracy-ish in the year 2024. We thank you all for being with us. Uh, it's going to be an exciting new year. Uh, Danielle will curse a lot more, <laughs> but it will be cathartic and therapeutic. And we promise, uh, especially as the Jamie Diamonds of the world say they're bullshit, and those with power and privilege don't check that bullshit, we will be here to call out the bullshit and hopefully, hopefully, hopefully always be honest and true. Thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. And I'm Ajahn Ali. And we will be back next week if, in fact, we have a country left. Inshallah. <laughs>